This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jarrett Duncan. RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week we're watching spine number 41 of the Criterion Collection and invading France because we've been insulted. Laurence Olivier's Henry V from 1944. But first, RJ, how are you doing? Pretty good. I'm doing pretty good, man. Yeah? I uh, I got a new tattoo yesterday. Yeah, I, I saw you uh, post this. You had mentioned that you were getting yourself a uh, uh, a tattoo again. It was a, a spur of the moment uh, thing. There was no appointment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually ran into my tattoo artist at brunch on Sunday, and uh, I ran into them, and he was talking about how, uh, like the next day or something, he um. He had an opening, and mm-hmm. he's like, you should come by, hang out. And I was like, you know, maybe I will. Because <laughs> you're so unemployed. Because I'm unemployed. Yeah, exactly. So what better for an unemployed person to do than to uh, get a an expensive tattoo? <laughs> um, I actually, this was one I had been wanting for a while, and I did have some money set aside for it. So mm-hmm. um, it, uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, no, I wanted to get one. It uh, It's a bookend to a chapter in my life. Uh, it's an in memoriam, an R.I.P. a tribute to uh, all of uh, those lost souls that uh, lives I claimed during my tirade of a master student. So I got a little Long Evans rat, uh, one of those cutie pies, um, and I got him. Uh, he's kind of coming out of like a rose, mm-hmm. or he's kind of hanging out on a flower. It's super cute. And all the other tattoo artists, uh, uh, when they came and looked at it, they were like, "Aww." So that's my, uh, like I said, that's my tribute to all them, all them dudes. And folks, in case you're wondering about unemployment, it does pay off because not only did RJ get himself an expensive tattoo, he just got himself a new car, but mm-hmm. also uh, he just got himself a uh, free 50-inch television. <laughs> hey, that one was free, okay? <laughs> <Just> so, like... <laughs> That, that I, I didn't say free. I said a free 50-inch television. Yeah, yeah, uh, that, w- that was free, so I <laughs> can't get chalked up in my uh, <laughs> reckless behavior. Um, this, like, this is what happens, I guess, when you like don't have a job. Okay, well, we needed a car because the other one got wrecked, so we needed <laughs> yeah. a vehicle. So uh, your, the TV- your car gets wrecked, you get a new one. Uh, yeah. You, you, uh, yeah, things just keep turning out great. Yeah, the car. so the car got wrecked, got a new one, whatever. I, uh, my brother's been moving for a long time, so the last like three weekends in a row, I was helping them move, and they bought a new TV for their new house, so they gave me their old one. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, bully for that, uh, that's a great idea. So it's a pretty nice TV, so I got that for free, and then this other thing happened, but I was planning that anyways. So uh, yeah, being unemployed uh, has some pretty serious perks. When are you going to quit your job? I, I don't, any time. <laughs> It seems like I, I can't quit my job soon enough. Uh, it seems like it pays real off really well. I wonder, yeah, what, wonder what I'll get when I quit my job. Probably like malaria or something. <laughs> yeah, I won't, have co- I, won't have that. I won't have coverage anymore of any sort. I'll just die. Yeah, yeah. just <sighs> like all of them chomps down in the, the rest of the world. <laughs> malaria. <laughs> Take that, suckers. That's what's what yeah. you What live. about you? Uh, well, it's reading week uh, in my neck of the woods, so it's been very quiet at work the last two days. Perfect. So that's been great. Uh, I've just been uh, reading, 
still on the reading train. Uh, now, that, now, now that I'm able to read, uh, I am reading more. Uh, the one thing I've experienced that's really strange, and I don't know if you've uh, experienced this being a reader before <laughs> bed, but I find that like when I was watching lots of movies, when I went to bed, my brain would just be dark. Like I would just would go to mm-hmm. sleep and wake up and be fine, good to go. Yep. But uh, when I'm reading now before bed, instead of watching this, these movies, my brain just doesn't shut off. And I have like mm-hmm. very like active, very exhausting uh, dreams. And I'm kind of, uh, I don't know how I feel about this. Because uh, I kind of like just sleeping. <laughs> but now I'm like having these like strange adventures mm-hmm. that have nothing to do with the books I'm reading. But they're just like, I don't know, maybe mm-hmm. they're stimulating. I don't know. Hey, maybe you can speak to this. Is there anything to uh, reading and stimulating my visual cortex of things? Well, I just have a certain question. Do these dreams, do they make you feel weird down there? Uh, I, I, do I have nocturnal emissions? <laughs> Yeah, is that what these dreams are? <laughs> no, no, they're not. You, you just got to eat more carrots, man. That's all. Oh, I know. I just I eat a I eat a carrot almost every day. Um, no, not those types of dreams, RJ. Uh, no, I honestly I don't um I don't know a whole lot about dreams. I know a little bit, not enough to speak to it with any confidence. But uh, I too have pretty vivid, wild dreams, and I keep a dream journal. I sometimes uh, post out some things like that. Actually, you know what? Actually, you know why I got a tattoo this week? Because hmm. two days ago, I had this lucid dream, and uh, Andrea was yelling at me. So I was like, "Man, she's yelling at me!" And she like tried to hit me. So I had to like escape, and I came downstairs. And uh, Scott was downstairs, my roommate, who currently is in Newfoundland, Canada. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "I thought you were at home." And he's like, "I'm coming to you through a dream." <laughs> and he's like, "On my birthday, I'll get a tattoo." And it has to be within 17 hours, but also make sure it's not interrupted. And then he went, oh, and then he disappeared. And then I woke up. <laughs> and the next day, Jarrett, I got a tattoo. Huh. Actually, it was two days later. It was before I saw my tattoo artist. So um, I don't know, man. Maybe I have like some sort of powers. Wow, that's quite the jump from what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh no, yeah, I, I don't know anything about it, but I, too, have uh, pretty weird dreams, and I don't know, when I read, sometimes I get really tired from reading, and then I'm just out, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm used to having wild dreams all the time, so I, bet, I can't speak to it, man. Hmm, well, I mean, I, I, know, I know you're a reader, so maybe there's something to that. Well, fo- hey, listeners, if you have strange dreams and you read a lot, let us know. Perhaps t- tell us about your nocturnal emissions. Ooh, I like where this is going. <laughs> hey RJ. Yo. What have you been creeping on this week? Ooh, creeps. I just got two for you, baby. Mm-hmm. But they're uh they're new movies. They're pretty premium ticket movies that all sorts of people would have heard about. Theatrical experiences as well. Theatrical. And I actually have a pretty fun story to go with this one. Uh so my one uh I went to the theater and I saw John Wick chapter two with uh, everybody's bad boy, Keanu Reeves. Um, so when we went to the theater, we had this really weird experience where I was with my buddy Hammeet, and uh, he what's used the name? his What's his name again? You, uh, Skype didn't want us to Ham. hear. Oh, uh, Hammeet. Hammeet. That's his yeah. name? Yeah, that's oh. what we call him. Okay. Yeah, uh, so he used a, a, a gift card. Um, and, but I used my scene card co- to collect his points. We have this 
joke where I always steal his scene points, but it's because he, he's a bigger drunk than I am and he loses his wallet all the time. So he can't keep a hold of his cards. So I always steal his scene points, right? Yep. So uh, he, he buys the tickets and then the machine, uh, all it says is uh, machine error. You have been charged. No tickets. And we looked at the machine. We're like, what the fuck? And so, like, there was this big group of theater people walking by. And I was like, hey, hey, hey. And uh, this lady came over. And I was like, well, I was like, look at the screen really quick. Look, look, look. Because I was trying to get her to see the message. And then it went away right when she came. And she's like, look at what? And I was, like, trying to explain it to her. And she looks at us. And she's like, have you guys been drinking? And, like, I mean, we had. But that was neither here nor there. We, we just had a couple of... Uh, little brewskis before we saw Keanu Reeves do his thing no big deal right so I explained to her what happened and she was like oh weird okay we'll go talk to someone at the till I guess and she wasn't buying it she thought we made it up in an elaborate ruse to Mm -hmm. uh, get into the theater for free and then so we went to the till and then that guy was we told him what happened he was like I don't know what that means (laughs) because he was new so he called a manager over here and he's like, do you have the card you bought? Or it's, he's like, what did you buy the tickets on? And we're like, a gift card. He's like, oh, he's like, well, we can't trace that. And then he's like, do you have a scene card? I was like, I did use a scene card. So they took it and they examined it very thoroughly. And it mm-hmm. took about 20 minutes. We were five minutes late for the movie. Um, but they sorted it out. Uh, everyone in the theater thought we were drunk assholes trying to sneak into the movie for some reason. Um, but it was very weird. That's never happened to me before. Has that hmm. ever happened to you? No. No? Well, that's John Wick 2, everybody. So, a great success. <laughs> um, no, okay, so John Wick 2. Uh, I think most people have heard about John Wick 1. Uh, so, in this one, it kind of picks up right after. Uh, he's going after those pes- er, those wascally Russians to get his car back. Uh, so, that's how it starts. And then uh, he gets his car back, he goes home, and then there's a man there waiting for him. And the man has a a, uh, a mark of some sort, like a blood oath. And he's like, he's like, I heard you're back. He's like, so I'm cashing in the blood oath. And Keanu Reeves is like, no, no way, because he doesn't want to do it. And then uh, the guy blows up his house, and Keanu Reeves is like, oh, man, I guess I got to do it. So... He's like, all right, I'll do this one last job, and then I'm out for good. Mm. Um, so uh, he, he goes into this one job, and then it through a series of twists and turns, it uh, leads him to being hunted by the man who uh, hired him for the job. That guy's trying to tie up loose ends. So now he, he puts a hit out on John Wick, and uh, every single person in the world is an assassin, and they're all after John Wick, and that's what this movie is. Okay. Okay. Got it? Yep. Okay. So I liked John Wick 2. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was fun. There's a lot of stuff in this movie that I really don't fucking understand. And I think is kind of weird and kind of dumb. And I know what you're going to say. Well, yeah, it's supposed to be kind of dumb. It's like a weird action movie and he's like invincible. That's not what I had a problem with. There's all this really weird stuff. Like, So in the first one, there's like that underground network of assassins, right? Yep. So they build it up like you see a whole lot of it. Uh, There's one thing where there's like a relay room where all the girls like take the orders for hits. But all the girls there are like suicide girls. So they're all covered in tattoos and wearing like business skirts and stuff like that. And I was like, that's so weird. I was like, why? I was like, why is why is like the thing for these people that have tattoos like all over their bodies? 
what kind of weirdo would get tattoos? Am I right, Jared? Mm-hmm. Anyways, I thought that was really weird. And then there's this one, or so the other thing about the assassin world is there's like this elaborate scene where uh, Ian McShane is like, he's on a phone. He's like, okay, everybody stop. And then everyone in like Central Park just stops moving. And he's like, I took the hit off for 10 minutes so you could escape. And it's really, it's like, what? And then you see later, like Keanu Reeves is running and you see everyone open their phone to like see that the hit is on John Wick. And it's like, so what, is everybody on the fucking planet an assassin? Like, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense, Jared. So I thought that was really weird. Uh, There's a scene with funhouse mirrors, which I thought was kind of dumb. And then uh, one thing that I really hated, and this will be the last thing I say about it, is uh, everybody dies really dumb in this movie. So, like, spoiler alert, but, like, Common is in this movie. And that uh, girl uh, who is in Orange is the New Black, um, the girl with the short hair uh, that everyone's in love with. Do you know who I'm talking about? No idea. Well, uh, Ruby Rose. Ruby Rose. She's in this movie, right? So they're, like, big celebrities. And then they both... So, again, spoiler, they die by getting stabbed. But as they get stabbed, they, like, pull Keanu Reeves in, Reeves in real close and they make this really angry face. And it's like, ah, oh, I get it. You're you're mad that you're dying. It's really weird. I feel like if I got stabbed, I wouldn't be making angry faces. I'd just, like, be like, oh, like really gross, disgusting faces and then just die. So I don't I don't know what this angry face of death is all about. Really threw me off, Jared. Hmm. Threw me off, man. Okay. So did I did I convince you to go see John Wick too? No, um, I wasn't planning on going to see it. You had uh, actually earlier asked me if I wanted to go see this. Uh, mm-hmm. and I expressed no interest. I saw the first one uh, by myself in theater when it came out, I guess. And I don't know. It is a movie that like I kept going back and forth on if I liked it or not, but. Overall, at the end of the day, like I don't think about that movie at all. It comes up in conversation about like action movies, modern action movies being good or whatever. And I just like it's not my type of movie, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I mean, I don't know. So some action Seems movies, like you think so? But I don't know. Uh, those subtitles are really annoying and garbage. Um, like I don't know. I remember like pointing this out to my uh, friend because he liked John Wick. He recommended yeah. it to me and. I watched it. I was like, what's up with the subtitles? I was like, what's up? Like, I didn't even notice them really in the first one. Yep. But then he watched the second one. And he was like, oh, they're so bad. I didn't even think about it the first time. I'm like, how could you not, like, see it? Maybe it's, like, exceptionally bad, like, on a big screen. They're just big, floaty, yep. cartoony letters just fl- bubble, flying around. Like bubble art? Yeah. I, it looks like trash. It dates your movie. Just, like, yeah. I would never in a million years put that in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's never going to look good. Uh, and then, well, that, like, that yeah. That Ruby Rose character is deaf so she does sign language all the time and then those bubble letters come up <sighs> sorry keep going uh so yeah i don't know i like i don't know john wick was just like a, just an action movie that i'm like i'll never watch this again and so mm-hmm. i'm like oh there's a john wick too and i'm like yeah i, I don't want to see that one at all so yep. uh well, i'm gonna remain that way i guess i'll say this one i actually thought the first one was really good yeah. i really liked it i just it's dumb that they killed the dog in that movie. Uh, and uh, good news for everyone, for John Wick 2, the dog, uh, he hangs out with broils from Fringe uh, instead of getting into action. So he's good. You don't got to worry about the dog. 
Um, no, I think I liked one more than two, and two is fine. Like, I still liked it. Yeah. I just thought there were some things I was just like, oh, man, that's dumb. Like, I don't know why they did that. Hmm. But whatever. whatever. Whatever, man. So I watched another movie here. Mm-hmm. And I believe this is a movie you watched as well. Yes. Do you want me to get into it first, or do you do you want to take the reins? Oh, we'll just leave, keep the suspense going. You go ahead. Okay. So uh, this week, Creepers, uh, the Creeps uh, watched La La Land. We watched it s- separately. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared did not rate La La Land when he logged it, because mm-hmm. uh, I think he wants to keep everyone on their toes. Uh, <laughs> so I followed suit, and I said, two can play at that game. Uh Poncho. Uh, so I didn't rate it either. So um, neither me or Jarrett know each other's opinions of this movie. Uh, we're going in hot. We, ha- we haven't talked about this at all. We, we haven't talked about it at all. So th- these are our genuine first impressions uh, to each other. Yeah. Okay. So Big Jer. Some people say that this La La Land is one of the greatest movies ever made. No. Does anyone I've actually heard say people that? Uh, yeah, a friend of the show, Sean Byron from uh, the Junk Food Dinner Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, he I guess he, he has stated, he's seen it about nine times, I think. And uh, in a recent episode, I think he was talking mm-hmm. about crying because he, he was on the freeway that the opening was in. Anyways, <laughs> uh, so, uh, well, a lot of people state that this is the best movie of the year. Best movie in many years. Maybe it's the best musical. I don't know. Okay. Do you want my hot opinion on this? No. This, no. All right. Well, good night. Good night. Uh, I thought La La Land was all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the first half hour is really hard to get through. Um, I don't know why. I just I, I didn't like it at all. I was watching with Andrea and we were both bored. We're like, we don't like. It's not that it's musical because I can get down on musicals sometimes. And I actually like the dance numbers more than them singing. I was just like, I don't buy this. I don't really like it that much. First half hour or so and then that goes by and then it kind of turns into an actual movie and i liked that a little bit more um but i think it still had i don't know how to phrase it like i don't i still don't think there was a whole lot there i think it was good um i think it probably will win a lot of awards but uh on my ballot i'm gonna go with moonlight because i think that is the best movie i've seen so far of the 2016 oscar run um, I hope that one wins. I hope La La Land doesn't win, but I mean, it's it's got everything in its favor. Uh, I don't know what else to say. Um, Ryan Gosling's good. Emma Stone is pretty good. Um, I don't know, man. He does nice stuff. Like he's a good director. His use of colors is nice, and a lot. I'm sure a lot went into this movie for like the coordination and like all all the production and all that shit because it's a musical so you got to like get all these things planned out and practice and all that and that and that but uh i don't know i don't really even have that much to say i liked it but i don't think it's that great and uh the the first half hour i thought was bad and then later on i I, it kind of pulled me a little bit more into it and i was like okay okay but yeah so i'm uh i think i'm one thumbs up not two just one you know only one man only gets one thumbs up you don't get to do two. You got to have a second man, which is me, which is I. And I would give this a thumbs up. 
Oh my God! You, know what's, you what's, are. What's funny is that, uh, eerily enough, your comments about that first half hour are very similar to my feelings about the movie. Oh um, really? That opening dance sequence on the freeway, yeah. I fucking hated that. I was like really worried that the rest of the movie was going to be that, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like I, it's I don't know. Um, I my uh, friend uh, Dan, he watched this movie and he thought it was amazing. Which is like it's so right. strange. Like you can have like so many different opinions about like certain things. Like that opening sequence, he didn't like the rest of the movie though. He 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 thought that the opening sequence actually set he too. He likes it. He liked the he loved the opening dance number, and I couldn't I, I didn't like it at all and he loved it but he and he felt the movie got worse as it went on uh whereas i no. actually felt that the movie won me over by the end um yeah so so yeah, yeah the whole thing starts with that dance number which i think is sucks mm-hmm. but it seems like very divisive mm-hmm. it seems like people who are just okay on this movie which i would say i am um or i think i am uh, just like or like really not impressed by it um, right. And then you get the let's see, that's the dance number. Then you get them going separate on their ways, and then you get the mm-hmm. the the coffee scene with uh, Emma Stone. Uh, mm-hmm. And I haven't really seen that many movies with Emma Stone, uh, so I was I like, to, to me, like she's kind of like I'm going in fresh with her. I don't really know her very well as a sure. performer, but she definitely was a highlight. I think mm-hmm. um, both you, you want- bo- both her and Ryan Gosling are both attractive and charismatic people, and they have really really good chemistry with one another. Like uh, correct. So I mean that is like probably why a lot of people love this movie. It's because yep. you couldn't like they hit upon two people that like I don't know I, you could have taken out the musical stuff and mm-hmm. probably made like an even better movie. Even arguably. better. Yeah, because yeah, I, uh, I agree. Yeah, so you get that scene with like kind of like you get the the celebrity. Okay, so mm-hmm. I saw this in theater uh, alone. Lone Lone Wolf. Chanel had no interest in seeing this movie with me, um, right. and uh, so I went. And the my crowd audience that I saw this with, they were just dead. Like for that opening number, like mm-hmm. as well. Like it's it sucks. I don't know. I don't get what yep. it's going for. Maybe because I'm not a Los Angelesian, uh, I have no connection to that freeway or this idea. I couldn't understand the lyrics. Um, oh, no, you can't hear it. No, it's really you can't weird. Hear I'm seeing. Yeah, so I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, that's not like it's just like I don't know. It's a weird, weird uh, disconnect between like trying to like have professional dancers and like right, lyrics right. and like the I, I kind of hated the way the music worked in this because like there's points where like clearly they they were putting in dubbed in singing over top of yep. scenes but it was still like really hard to understand what they were saying <laughs> like it's like yeah. that like that's bizarre to me because i watched like the last musical i watched was oliver um mm-hmm. and like I, I i followed that just fine um but in this it's like kind of like this weird line between polished musical and like the stripped down flip of that where it's like you just have un- non-professional singing which is kind mm-hmm. of like the woody allen movie everybody says i love you which does it mm-hmm. really really well um and uh, in this, it just seems like it's like a weird middle row that like the musical stuff just doesn't work as well as it should for a musical. Mm-hmm. And like, so jumping ahead, I guess, uh, the the Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone dance number when they're on the hill mm-hmm. and whatever, I thought that wasn't that great just because I Ryan Gosling clearly isn't a dancer at all. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I preferred the dance numbers to the, the singing, though. Yeah, in in my opinion, and I think it's probably some of the reasons you said because me and Andrew talk about this too. She's like, I couldn't understand any of the songs. Mm-hmm. It's like it was really, I don't know if it was just like 
the way we like how we watched it maybe it's better in other theaters or something but it was like the uh the actual dialogue in or like the actual singing the vocals it was really hard to under- hear and it's just like oh well that's kind of dumb i can't even understand what they're fucking saying yeah so in comparison i was like the dance number i was like i like this better because i know right. i'm not missing anything yeah i mean it's, i think it's all putting though too because like her roommates are like yeah. obviously like professional uh dancers like they have like there's right. like like the builds of like what pro, like what they would look like they're very like great shape um and like, like me they, like you um and they can yeah. move really well they're really aware of their bodies and stuff like that so i mean they're as actors they're not amazing but they're not actors they're just performers in a musical um yep. so like when we see like ryan gosling kind of like half-assed movie because he just learned how to dance like a, like a month ago for this movie yeah um and, and he's he's just learning stuff because he's an actor he's not a dancer uh like mm-hmm. i was like i found like those didn't pull me in the way that they should have but yep. so the first like half hour or so I was kind of like resisting this movie and I was just like, Oh my God. Mm-hmm. But then it started being like the relationship stuff. And yep. I was like, kind of like, cool, I'm down with that. And kind of being yep. brought along with it. Um, and then it's like, I, I was kind of surprised that they got together so quickly. Like I was like, almost like, Oh, there's like no, like, will they, won't they? It's just like, no, mm-hmm. they're together now and things are great. It's summer. It's, it's all right. fun. And then the fall happens and then it goes for the bittersweet thing. And then I'll realize like when it comes to that last scene, it's like, Oh, mm-hmm. it's Casablanca. <laughs> Cause it's yep. like the whole thing with the song, the city of uh, stars song. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh, it's just uh, in Casablanca with this song that gets used in different ways. And the, the, this love that can't yep. be now. And, and it's like, oh, he's a piano player in a nightclub. <laughs> it's like, oh, my mm-hmm. God, I didn't expect that. Uh, and they laid it out like right at the beginning saying, oh, hey, there's my that's where they shot those scenes in yeah. Paris. Uh, yeah. For or there's, there's supposed to be Paris in Casablanca. And I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. so there's these weird like movie references that I kind of dug. Um, but then like I guess like the one thing I remember like being like, what the hell is like, why is the quality so bad is when they show like some rebel without a cause actual footage and it's like super grainy and crappy looking i'm like come on like this could look so much better like on blue like i don't know why like looked the way yeah. that they did but anyway that's like a weird uh resolution film nerd like why sure. does this not look high def but um yeah. so but yeah no by the end of the movie i was like kind of like yeah i like that <laughs> but i don't know it's kind of a movie that i keep going back and forth on because i keep thinking about it which I can't mm-hmm. say I think about Moonlight or Manchester by the Sea that much since watching them. Mm-hmm. La La Land, I've sure. continued thinking about. Um, the song, is it, is... The, the use of that song uh, has like kind of lingered in my head, which I was like, mm-hmm. I was aware that the movie was doing that. And I kept thinking like, because some of the musical numbers, it's like mm-hmm. all the songs kind of sound the same and they, I don't know, they're not memorable. But I mean, the City of Stars song, I think, does work. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I do have that song in my head it's been like five days since i watched it yeah. and i i do kind of hum that song along but i was gonna say do you think you're still thinking about it just because of hype machine and then your your own no, expe- expectancies no, i don't think so um like i mean i went in with like like zero to low expectations i kind of yeah. like i was like i didn't want to well that's dis- what i mean i didn't want to dislike the movie um yeah and I don't know, like the movie's got like a real visual palette that's like quite memorable. Those blues sure. and yellows and stuff like that. Um, whereas like, I don't know. I, th- I think it's going to win Best Picture. You do? I think it's going, it's the safe bet, right? Uh, I think it would be a pretty bold for Moonlight to win. 
Mm-hmm. Um, cause considering it's like subject matter and like, it's definitely, uh, mm-hmm. more mature. I'm not, I'm not calling it an immature movie, but it seems like it'd be like, yeah, it'd be like a crazy movie to actually win best picture. Um, yeah. but La La Land just seems to be, it's a crowd pleaser and it's like kind of, it's bittersweet. Uh, it's not a sad yeah. bastard movie like Manchester by the sea. Manchester. Yeah. yeah I, I like the ending of Manchester more though. Well, I don't well, know. Yeah, Actually, well, I, do, I do like the ending in La La Land. Did okay. So yeah. when, so during that last sequence <clears throat> when uh, Emma Stone's like looking on at uh, what could have been Ryan and, and the whole yeah what could have been sequence. I kept uh, my for some reason I was like I didn't know what was kind of going on. I was kind of like, yeah. well, what is this movie? Is this movie trying to be like a love letter to cinema? Is it like saying we can turn back time because it's time. a movie, fuckers? And yeah. then they, they decide not to do that. And I kept thinking, I'm like, oh, it's like, is this like trying to be Eternal Sunshine? Like, I don't know why that yeah. movie in particular came to mind, but there's this like sort of mm-hmm. like because it's kind of like a doomed romance aspect to it, and um, but it's unearned. Like it doesn't. It's not. It's it's not Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless right. Mind. It's it just didn't hit that point. Um, there's too much. I don't know. Like I said, that dance, that ham? opening ham, <laughs> too much ham, too much ham. Mm, yeah, I don't know. Like I think it's like a fine, good movie. I'd say overall. Yeah. Um yeah. But well, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying, man. Yeah. I liked it. I just I wish that first half an hour didn't exist because it's not even just the opening number. I do think like the the setup for both of the characters. I don't really like. Um, because I don't think it sticks with them afterwards. Like Emma Stone, Emma Stone gets set up and she's like telling the same story to the girls. She's like, she's wrecked, wrecked. But, but then like later, I don't know, I guess maybe the point is that she's learning to not be that. I don't know, man. I'm not a fucking film critic. I, I don't know how to analyze this stuff, but I just felt like the setup for both of those two characters and then the movie itself, I didn't like. And then the rest of the movie I did like, like I said, once it actually turns into a real movie, that's when I liked it, which is about 30-some minutes in. <laughs> right. So. That's, that's a big chunk. Like, yeah, I mean, as soon as they kind of get to, like, when they're at the, the party, the the pool party, yeah. with all those mm-hmm. those, those uh, hot Los Angeles bodies, um, there's, like, the, yeah. the the 80s cover band that he's now in. Um, yeah. Like, that seemed to be, like, kind of yeah, like where that the, 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 that's where the movie took a turn for me, where I started, like, being like, yep. yeah. And then the movie just felt very scrappy. Like, it felt like it was, mm-hmm. like, earning my respect uh, as it kept going along and along. Right. Um, and then, like, so here's the thing that I was, like, th- I want to throw out there. It's, so, like, the bit where, like, uh, so I don't even, I can't remember the camera. It's Mia. Uh, when she sure. goes to, like, the uh, John Legend concert that uh, yeah. Ryan's now, yeah. uh, or Seb, mm-hmm. Seb is a part of. And, like, she's all excited that he's there. And then, like, the shitty music starts blasting. And, like, I yeah. think the music, I think the music's shitty. It's not my type of music. But there's, like, all mm-hmm. these, like, these the sea of, like, fucking people are, like, so into it. And she's, like, all mm-hmm. horrified. But it's, like, it's, like, because she's, like, oh, my God. He hates this. He hates this so much. And it's like I'm wondering if like people in the audience are like grooving to this uh, fucking crappy music, or like well, I don't know. I think, I'm I think sure. they build it up in such a way that's like you know he doesn't like that music going in. Yeah, yeah. And but, then you see her reaction. So I feel like it guides you in enough way where it's like, oh, you're not supposed to like it, even though that is like popular music. Yeah. Like now. Yeah. Because <laughs> so like yeah, I uh, I also I watched the movie Pop Star. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. which like has like whole sequences of just like crowds of people like all like really into sh- like obviously shitty music 
um, where it's a movie where like it's it's lampooning uh, pop music, which like I find pop music is such a parody of itself that it's kind of like unnecessary for there to be a mockumentary making fun of pop because it's so stupid. Uh, but here's the, here's a movie all about that. But yeah, just throngs of people who are like, because there are people who are like really into this, watching this movie, and like they're laughing at the fact that like I bet they listen to pop music. And so in this, there's this like, oh no, this John Legend's music is like crap. But he's but he's like he's like a snotty pants in some, the yeah. mind of some people who are like what a dick why why, why can't you just settle and this movie's like a, not about that but then I think a lot of people I think would watch this movie and be like man I wish like other people were as clever as I am with these characters like I always had this like uh-huh. thing like people think that they're really like they have these magical interactions on dates and that they're like yeah. all like prancing about on benches and they have their their like la la land and they think of mm-hmm. themselves like this but it's like no you're not as like clever as a Hollywood scriptwriter's screenplay lays out for you mm-hmm. you're like boring assholes in like hoodies and baseball caps and fucking Lululemon pants and you're just like slobs on your fucking phones texting all the time just being regular are pieces you, of shit. Are you just listing off things that I do? <laughs> I got Lululemon pants. They're super comfortable. Yeah. Speaking yep. of speaking of Lululemon pants. Yeah. Uh, in the movie End of Days that I watched. Uh, <laughs> yeah. From 1998, uh, uh-huh. the year of Michael Bay's Armageddon. Uh, nice. Starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, when the symbol of the devil is shown on a baby. It uh, is the Lululemon logo. Awesome. I, I want to believe that uh, they knew that when they picked that logo for their company. Mm-hmm. They watched End of They're Days. Like, Man, we really fucking like End of Days. Yeah. Well, isn't it just like the Omega, the Omega symbol, symbol or It is, yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, but, yeah. yeah for, so, End of Days. Hey, yeah. Uh, yeah, La La Land. I thought it was good. Um, I think it's going to win. Well, it stuck with me. You shocked the world. I shocked sure. the world. The world will yeah. never be the same now. Um, mm-hmm. So End of Days, um, it's kind of a continuation of Arnie movies. This one's a rewatch, though. I saw this in theater way, way back when. Uh, Are you talking about End of Days now? Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. Back, wait, back, I, back, back to End of Days. La La Land was fine. Wait, wait. I just want to say, you know how you're talking about how they have really good chemistry, Ryan Gosling okay. and Stone? Yes. Do you know who was, really, who was originally cast, or the first picks? No. Miles Teller and Emma Watson. And Emma Miles Teller turned it down, I think, because he didn't want to learn to sing or dance or anything. And then uh, Emma Watson turned it down so she could be in that Beauty and the Beast remake. Good. So she's probably kicking herself now. No, now. no, good. <laughs> well, good. Anyway, I just thought I'd mention that. It's like because you're like, yeah, people probably really like it because of the chemistry, and I agree. And it's just like, huh, you know what could have been? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, end anyways. of days. Yes, end of days. Uh, so this movie's got Udo Kier in it. Uh, he nice. plays he plays a Satanist. Um, uh, do, do you know the plot of End of Days? Should I just cover I it do. real quick? Oh, well, I'll oh, talk, I, I, I'll, yeah. so the listeners, End of Days is about uh, like the bride of Satan is born, and yeah. Satanists have like put a uh, set it up that so she's around and they have her where she needs to be for when the devil comes to Earth. Uh, who possesses a guy who looks like Gabriel Byrne, and yeah. um, he's going to fuck her and get her pregnant, Ooh. and they're going to make the Antichrist, I guess. 
Gross. I, something like that. And Ernie's like uh, despondent uh, ex-cop now, like private security guy who's, who's got stubble, so you know that he's really on the edge. Uh, yeah. Scene, the, the movie opens up with him like putting a gun to his own forehead, but then Kevin Pollock interrupts him shooting himself. And so he like goes and makes himself like a, a hate-filled uh breakfast in a blender which involves like it's like putting like i don't know beer and like chinese food and like some pizza Ooh. that he picks up off the floor that was upside down facing onto the floor he throws it in there and he drinks this what down because he hates himself so much but then later on it's revealed that uh he also eats pizza hut <laughs> and it's like so some... you mean he he he's really an angel yeah so it's like uh product placement straight out of wayne's world um mm-hmm. and drinking his beer and hates himself and he saves the day he sacrifices himself uh it's a fairly unremarkable movie there's a reason people don't really talk about this movie anymore sure uh yep that was end of days <laughs> well i'm glad you loved it yep uh and then on saturday was killing some time and mm-hmm. i was like you know what I think it's time to rewatch Napoleon Dynamite because I haven't seen that Ooh. movie in a very long time. And you know what, RJ? Napoleon yes. Dynamite holds up. Really? Yeah. I'm surprised that you think so. Yeah. Uh, it like I I like laughed out loud many times watching it again. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know. There's so many things fell into place. Uh, there's this one really good letterbox review that just says it's like never before has like a movie about like nothing been so well uh, like done. And I'm like, yep, because yep, this is a movie that's really like has nothing going on. Like it has no plot. <laughs> it's just these characters kind of like going about their lives. Um, and it's pretty, I don't know. It's just nothing. But it's very, very funny uh, at times. Uh, I, I may be depressed about like the career of John Hedder. Uh, who yeah. kind of went on to do fucking nothing, nothing of note. Uh, he's got those like voiceover work now, like Surf's Up, <laughs> Surf's Up 2 and mm-hmm. some other stuff that he w- appeared in. Yeah. But yeah, it's very sad what happened with him. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever. Fuck him. Fuck him. Did, he had his time in the sun. Yeah. Do you, do you like that Napoleon Dynamite? I do. I do. It's been a couple years since I've seen that. Uh, I did like, or I've always liked it. Um, I'm a fan of the, is it the Hess brothers? Yeah. Or is it just one guy? Well, it's Jared Hess for the most part. Hess. I'm not sure if there's, okay. like, there's like a Jorah Hess, some good Mormon mm-hmm. name. Yeah, yeah, I like uh, I like that Napoleon Dynamite. I uh, also like that Gentleman Broncos. And I also very much like that uh, that other one with uh, the Jack Black guy. Nacho Libre? <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I tried watching that the other day. Oh, what do you mean tried? Yeah, uh, you, you say you're, you say you like Notch or Napoleon Dynamite so much. What's wrong with Nacho Libre? That movie rules. Oh, I, I, I got, I watched 35 minutes and oh. I, 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 I didn't laugh at all. Nothing mm-hmm. like just this movie is dead on arrival, RJ. But uh, Man, I also, lo- I, I also dig that Gentleman Broncos. See, I, that's what I mean. I find it so surprising that you like Napoleon and Gentleman Broncos, but you don't like Nacho Libre. You you didn't you had to finish it I bet no <laughs> because did, did you see did you even see him wrestling like midgets and stuff I, I did see, I did and I, I was I, gonna I, say I, oh, I bet you would have loved that I did watch that and it's like ugh I don't care oh well that makes me sad no uh I also I watched another new movie though ooh I watched Train to Busan 
the fuck is that? The South Korean horrors. It's like it's a disaster movie, but with zombies on a train. Okay. Um, it is pretty good. Um, uh, it's like the how late, pretty good? Uh, a strong pretty good. Uh, okay. so the plot goes that uh, you know, typical zombie stuff. Some sort of like chemical has escaped from a plant and. Yep. When you're dead, it turns you into the walking dead. You're fast zombies. Sure. And so this this is all happening simultaneously all across Korea while this man is taking his daughter to go see his ex-wife uh, in, in a town like, mm-hmm. an, like an hour away by subway uh, or by freight train or whatever, bullet train. Yeah. Yeah. So you follow him and his daughter on this train with a whole bunch of other like complete strangers. Uh, while this zombie outbreak just starts happening. And it's like rapid. Like you get bit and within like five seconds you turn into a zombie. So it's a very fast spreading sort of deal. Um, but yeah, I mean, the movie is plotted out like a disaster movie, like Poseidon Adventure mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, cool. And yeah, it's just about like surviving in the tight confines of a train and like just trying to stay alive long enough to reach Busan where maybe there's help. And maybe you will not get eaten by a, or eat bit by a zombie and turn into one as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie just plays with like stereotypes and it does mm-hmm. it very well. Um, the action is exciting. It sets up thr- the the thrilling bits and escape stuff really well. Uh, it's just like uh, it's a fun movie, RJ. <laughs> oh, but you hate calling movies fun. Tra- train to boo fun. <laughs> I believe I've Ooh. seen. Uh, one Parker Bowman of Junk Food Dinner uh, referenced this movie as, and I agree. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I, totally, right I dug it. It's, uh, I'd say it's probably one of the better horror movies of 2016. Uh, very, it's, I mean, it's very different from something like The Witch, but yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I liked it. I think that sounds good. I just have one question. How does the zombie stuff hold up? Uh, I don't know if you had zombie fatigue as much as the rest of the world, but uh, I've been pretty bored with that for... A number of years now, so well, is it all right? Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, like, I never, I mean, I have no real problem with zombies, but I never like watched a lot of zombie movies. Like, maybe, like, I mean, the biggest complaint that you could probably have with Train to Busan is a lot there's CGI, but which I kind of come to expect in like particularly like South Korean movies, they seem to use it a lot, um, and it's kind of a cost saving measure and plus there's like things that like you can't actually film that like realistically so there's like mm-hmm. there's like that world war z like kind of like zombie hordes that don't quite make sense yeah but i think it's better yep. i think i think this is a lot more restrained in like in like its depiction of like hordes of zombies falling all over top of one another unlike world war z sure. which I, i've never seen that movie but like i've seen like stills and posters and it's like oh my god it's like it does it's like not even like human beings like you can't even relate to them as like bodies mm-hmm. anymore they're just like whatever I got you. it's just crap so no like i mean i've never watched like that many of the modern zombie movies i'm, I'm pretty picky about yeah. movies in general so uh so i remember like this movie gets brought up a lot in like context of like oh zombies and stuff like that i'm so burnt mm-hmm. out but this was pretty good i was like i've never i never really got burnt out on them so uh that was it was more of a change of pace i mean like oh i haven't watched a zombie movie in a long time other than like mm-hmm. 70s 80s like french italian zombie movies which are like mm-hmm. a totally mm-hmm. different thing than modern movies you really. nerd yeah i know yeah well that sounds good yeah uh maybe well, i'll watch it one day uh yeah you can borrow my blu-ray anytime All right. Uh, the last thing I'll mention that I watched, uh, mm-hmm. I, w- I was watching some comedies. I, <sighs> I wanted to, uh, alleviate my spirits. Uh, sure. and so I rewatched the classic film UHF starring uh. weird Al Yankovic. 
Uh, RJ, nice. I know you're like only 10 years old, but have mm-hmm. you seen UHF in your short time on this planet? Here's the thing. I've seen clips of it. I've never watched the whole thing, but I, I am a fan of Weird Al. Oh, I did have, get God. this. You said I was a little kid, but I did have a Weird Al cassette. Which one? That's right. Uh, the one with fat on it. Okay. Like the, the Michael Jackson rip of Bad, where it's yeah. like, I'm fat. Even, uh, I, even that, worse? That was, it had like the, yeah. yeah. That shit was my, or that was my shit right oh, there. Oh, so, yeah. So, yeah. folks, uh, yeah, I was a big Weird Al fan uh, as a child. Mm-hmm. I had all of his tapes. I had everything on tape. I Actually, I had UHF on CD. Um for whatever reason, I just happened to get that one on CD by the time I got a CD player in grade five when CD players were like affordable right along my copies of Weezer's blue album and green days dookie or nuke, whatever the hell the fuck that album's dookie. called. Yeah. Uh, yep. My, 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 amongst my, my first three albums were UHF uh, and those two. You, do you know what my first album it was? What? The soundtrack to the nineties hit movie spawn. Oh, <laughs> wow. That, that plays really well at the end of days. There, there's this, yeah. yeah, there's this like good list I came across looking up end of days. It's like new metal horror. And it's just like, oh, movies yeah. that are like ugly black, brown, golden movies. And like, just, like, yeah. like shitty metal scores and end of days and yeah. spawn were like the first things I thought of. And I was like, Oh, there they are yeah. together again. Yeah. Uh, spawn. Yeah. I never owned that CD. And I was a big spawn fan in 1996. Well, I'll, but I'll lend you nor, my, my, not uh, the movie. my CD. The movie was never any good, but I love that comic. I love that Spawn. Toddy sure. Mac. Who doesn't like Spawn? Uh, most I have lo- the Blu-ray and the compact disc, so I'll lend them to you. Okay. <laughs> do you actually own the Blu-ray? I do, yeah. It was like two bucks in a oh, bin. And I was like, yeah, I want to uh, watch Spawn. I'm almost tempted because uh, John yeah. Luizamo is, cl- is a clown. <laughs> yeah, I'll lend it to you, and uh, next week you can follow up with this, all right? Okay. Oh, I might okay. actually. Oh fuck! I don't know if I'm gonna actually You're watch gonna that. You're gonna watch it. Oh yeah. So you, so you've never seen UHF, so we'll have to trade. No. I, I'm really curious to actually have someone who's never watched UHF watch it because I have nothing but like nostalgia for that movie, and I could never watch it with a critical eye. Um, Same it goes, for me and Spawn. Yep. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, UHF is great. Um, I mean, like, uh, I'm a super Weird Al fan, and the idea of like a Weird Al movie was amazing. I'm really bummed though that there were, he only ever made one movie because I think this movie's like got some like gold in it. This movie's super quotable. Um, yep. Watching it, uh, uh, Shout Factory put out the Blu-ray of it. Uh, watching it in high def, you can see like how cheap the production of this movie is because like in between edits, between scenes, the colors of like people's skin changes a lot because the movie Even was just better. Sh- well, it's just like sh- like shoddily made yeah. in that regard. But it doesn't matter because it's, it's a fucking comedy and it's about the jokes and those jokes they land big. If, okay, I, if, I, yeah. if, if I had planned a little better, I could have come up with my top 10 scenes from UHF. Uh, but maybe I'll maybe we'll do that after you've watched UHF. And we can talk all about UHF. Is it part of the criterion? Uh, nope. It's not. Well, that's never. But, I've never cared. So I, I yeah. will watch it for next week. Nice. I will, mm. I will but you have to watch you. Spawn. That's the trade. Uh, my, Spawn might happen. My Spawn might happen this weekend. Okay. 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 Uh, much to the chagrin of Lawrence and Corey, who might be listening right now and be like, oh, fuck, we're watching Spawn. It's fun. Uh, oh, man. 
I, I remember like the one issue that came out it was like issue 42 or a little, uh-huh. maybe a little after that it had like the photo movie cover and it had like sure. the, the chick on it whatever her name was uh and it's just like yep oh yeah and, is it isn't, uh, isn't that your sweetheart girl from uh, Return of the Living Dead 3? Isn't she in Spawn? Is that her? <gasps> I'm pretty sure. Oh, well, then I love her. What's your name? Uh, Melinda Clark or something like that? Maybe. You're right. I don't know. I'd yeah, have to... your sweetheart's in there, and like Martin Sheen is in that fucking movie. It's oh, nuts. Fuck. Martin nuts. Sheen. Chapel. Yeah. So, okay. Well, okay. Next week, Creepers, uh, we're going to have a double down. <laughs> With a UHF and Spawn, and it's going to be fucking weird. You know we have to watch a TV sh- series next week for this show? What? <laughs> six, epi- six episode TV show. That's oh the next Criterion God. Creep. And then we're going to watch, the rest. we have to watch UHF and Spawn. Great. Well, I, I didn't know that. What? <laughs> <sighs> okay, whatever. Whatever. Anyway. Whatever. So yeah, UHF rules, folks. <laughs> It's got the best sure. music. It's it's got uh, mm-hmm. some moving synth score. Uh, mm-hmm. Great characters. Uh, very very memorable. Mm-hmm. RJ, do you have any news you'd like to share? Mm, nothing that matters. Okay. <laughs> uh, Stephen King's got a mini series coming out. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but what's the other half of that? JJ Abrams. Boo. Yeah, but. <laughs> Yeah. Well, regardless, I uh, I hold out. Is supposedly it'll be like like uh, take place in Castle Rock, which is like the town he made up, or maybe Alice Munro made that up. Doesn't matter. But uh, like his fictional city and like all the characters will exist, and you'll just kind of bounce between stories. That sounds really cool. Yeah. You know I'm gonna watch it, and, and I'm gonna talk about it on the show. Yep. Because I'm a big Stephen King guy. Hey, so I watched like what twenty Stephen King movies last year. I'll probably check out the show after the fact. So I don't know. Just like I see J.J. Abrams name, I just go. Ugh. Well, I'll give I'll give you weekly updates. But yeah, coming off of Armageddon, you don't want to see J.J. Abrams name. No. Yeah. Uh, well, my piece of news is sad news, R.J. Uh, because, because, oh. uh, Criterion Creep alumni who we just mm-hmm. talked about a few weeks ago, Saijin Suzuki, Japanese cinema iconoclast and director of Brandy to Kill and Tokyo Drifter has died. RJ, were you mm-hmm. aware that, uh, Saijin Suzuki was still alive? Uh, I wasn't, uh, but frankly, um, good. Well, there you go. I hope he is dead. He died at the age of 93. Uh, oh, I, I, he I, lived I, a good one. He lived, he had a good run. Well, I didn't like yeah. realize, like, I, 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 when I checked out the special features, there was an interview on one of them, and I saw him and was like, holy crap, he's old. But I didn't really further investigate to see, oh, is he still like kicking? And sure enough, he's still alive. It's all that baseball in Japan that keeps him spry and limber. Mm-hmm. Youthful, clean. It's that living. It's that all the food yeah. there is much better for you than the shit we have here. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. Well, I guess he was old, so you can't feel too bad for him. No. Um, yep. That's the <laughs> end of an era. Maybe some people will now wa- watch those movies again, and maybe maybe they'll like it more than yeah. we did. I guess. And then I was gonna say, then they'll go. They can uh, find our episode where we just dump on both of those movies. <laughs> Yeah. R.I.P. Man. Yeah. R.I.P. Sajin. We'll, we'll see him again. We've got like five uh, of his movies to watch down the road. I don't want to watch those. Anywho, I think that's mm-hmm. it, R.J. Okay. Cool. After the break, I thought Armageddon was the worst movie in the Criterion Collection. 
Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. After the break, we're talking about Laurence Olivier's Henry V from 1944. Nice. Oh, the world will sing of an English king a thousand years from now. And not because he passed some laws or had that lofty prow. While Bonnie Good King Richard leads the great crusades on. We'll all have to slave away for that good-for-nothing John. Incredible as he is inept, whenever the history books are kept, they'll call him the phony king of England. Apart from the phony king of England. from mom while he's sucking his thumb. <laughs> you see, he doesn't want to play. Too late to be known as John the First, he's sure to be known as John the Worst. A pox on that phony king of the Snatches underwear. <laughs> the breezy and uneasy king of England. The slivering, groveling, mealy, wheezy, blabbering, jabbering, gibbering, jabbering, blundering, plotting, wheeling, dealing. Prince John, that phony king of So, my cousin Westmoreland? No, my fair cousin. If we are marked to die, we are enough to do our country loss. And if to live, the fewer men, the greater share of honor. God's will, I pray thee, wish not one man more. Rather proclaim it, Westmoreland, through my host, that he which hath no stomach to this feast, let him depart. His passport shall be drawn and crowns for convoy put into his purse. We would not die in that man's company that fears his fellowship to die with us. This day is called the Feast of Crispian. He that outlives this day and comes safe home will stand a tiptoe when this day is named and rouse him at the name of Crispian. He that shall live this day and see old age will yearly on the vigil feast his neighbors and say, Tomorrow is St. Crispian. 
Then will he strip his sleeve and show his scars and say, These wounds I had on Crispin, say. Old men forget, yet all shall be forgot, but he'll remember with advantages what feats he did that day. Then shall our names, familiar in his mouth as household words, Harry the King, Bedford and Exeter, Warwick and Talbot, Salisbury and Gloucester, be in their flowing cups freshly remembered. This story shall the good man teach his son, and Crispin Crispian shall ne'er go by from this day to the ending of the world, but we in it shall be remembered. We few, we happy few, we band of brothers, for he today that sheds his blood with me shall be my brother, be he ne'er so base. And gentlemen in England now abed shall think themselves accursed they were not here, and hold their manhoods cheap while any speaks that fought with us upon St. Crispin's Day. And we're back, and we're talking about Henry V, directed by Laurence Olivier from 1944. Mm-hmm. So, RJ. Last week, uh, on the outro, I made a comment about how we were cleaning the joint up a little bit. We were going to class uh-huh. things up a little. Uh, uh-huh. And how it's like, yeah, we're, we're back in my yard uh, watching classy films. <laughs> well, are you ready to eat your hat on that one? Oh, yeah, man. So, man, um, boy, I so I had never watched uh, a Laurence Olivier uh, Shakespeare thing uh like honestly yeah, probably yeah. the only um, thing i really remember about Lawrence olivier is he plays a uh jewish uh, nazi hunter in the film the boys from brazil have you seen that movie you lent me that movie. yeah that's a that, pretty rad fucking that, that, movie. that movie is fucking awesome that's like yeah. an all-time banger right there um so mm-hmm. i but i've never seen like young Lawrence olivier or, or movies that he's directed i don't think um so i was kind of going into this kind of like eh, well i think it could be pretty cool we'll i was kind of like not looking i wasn't super excited about uh mm-hmm. watching the movie kind of going in on whatever day it was on the weekend i was kind of like oh i gotta watch this i gotta it's like oh it's over two hours long uh, i gotta get out of it but then i got a little excited because i didn't realize this movie was in color and I was kind of like, oh, cool. Yeah. Like, I was looking at some of the color shots I saw, and I'm like, oh, neat. It's, this is going to be like Adventures of Robin Hood, which is mm-hmm. like a really cool, jaunty movie. Have you seen Adventures of Robin Hood? Nope. So that, Is that a future creep? Uh, no, it's not part of the – well, it, may, it might be. It might be in that uh, that uh, Laserdisc collection uh, now that I'm thinking about it, but I don't know cool. if it is. But anyway, so that movie is like – Super fun, enjoyable, thrilling, uh, beautiful to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was kind of going into this kind of like, yeah, this is going to be exciting. It's going to be like real <laughs> a real jaunt. Um, yeah. So Henry V, uh, this movie is an adaptation of uh, the William Shakespeare historical play, Henry V. Um, I'd actually just watched kind of like a story that touched on this stuff when I watched Orson Welles' uh, Chimes at Midnight, which is a future creep, like 800 episodes mm-hmm. from now. And yeah. when I was watching it, uh, I kind of felt lost with like the, the Shakespearean stuff. Like I'm mm-hmm. mm, two, uh, 12 years removed from the last time I read Shakespeare 
Um, and so listening to it, I was kind of like, what is going on? But generally speaking, like, um, like Roman Polanski's Macbeth is like one of my all time favorite movies. I love that mm-hmm. thing a bit, but I also, I, I love that Macbeth play a lot. Um, and the film Julie Taymor's Titus starring Anthony Hopkins. That is also like one of my, like, I love that movie. Um, yeah. Great, great piece of filmmaking. Um, I, I really like, uh, that Shakespeare play Shrek. Yeah. That's a that's good. My that, fave. That's a good one. I like yeah. that. I like that man in the donkey suit. Uh, yeah, he, he's Eddie Murphy's very good in that. As a he does donkey. as the jester. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, that being said, mm-hmm. I boy, I I didn't enjoy this at all. <laughs> just just say it, man. Just say it. this movie fucking blows. This movie sucks. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I like boy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what went wrong. Why this is okay? I, I kind of understand why it's well. RJ, I haven't told you. If I told you the sad news that there's like two more Lawrence Olivier Shakespeare adaptations that we'll be watching. Oh, fuck off. Because we got Hamlet and Richard the <sighs> Third coming one day uh, down the pike. I don't um, care. And uh, so I don't know if uh, Henry V is a precursor to those in their pacing and storytelling and staging, staging and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, I am dreading those days because, boy, this yeah, this movie sucks. Yeah, <laughs> um, it does. Because you know, I was like, <laughs> I, haven't even t- I haven't even done a plot synopsis. But you know what? Because this movie doesn't really have much of a plot. Because it doesn't. Because so this whole movie. And correct me when I'm wrong. So. The movie itself, it opens up in 1600 London. Uh, uh-huh. And I, this is kind of I was like, oh, I know. Like my English history, like or my English classes that I took back in like 2008 are coming back because I know that's the Globe Theater. I know mm-hmm. that from drawings. And I'm like, oh, this movie's like a period piece. And then there's like a period piece within, within it. A period piece. Yeah. And I thought that's kind of neat. Yeah. I really liked the shot over like yeah, kind huh. of like the diorama of like 1600 London. I thought that was pretty neat. And I was mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, this is kind of like, I didn't expect this at all. Uh, and then you were like, oh, we're going to watch a play. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to watch people watching a play. <laughs> and yeah. sure enough, that's what happens. And it's all in very, uh, like it's like it dumps you right into Shakespeare language, yeah. And you're like, uh, I have no idea what these people are saying at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get a scene with like, uh, who I learned from Wikipedia, the Archbishop of Canterbury and the Bishop of Eli discussing the current affairs of state. Um, and then uh, yeah. Lawrence Olivier, I'm told, he enters. He's Henry V. Uh, he discusses this the state of France. And then a gift is delivered to Henry from the French mm-hmm. Dauphin. The gift turns out to be tennis balls, a jibe at Henry's youth and experience offended oh, Henry. Yeah. I, I, whatever. And then Henry sends the <laughs> French ambassador away and prepares to claim the French throne, a throne that he believes is rightfully his. So because of this, this slight, he decides, you know what? Fuck you, France. I'm going to invade mm-hmm. you. Um, and then pretty ball. Yeah. And then oh, fuck, I don't know what like shit, shit happens for the next two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a battle that's like, I, I remember like, there's definitely a point like an hour into this movie where I was kind of like, well, this is at least like resembles like a movie at least when it stopped being later weird. on. Yeah. Like a full hour in and this movie yeah. plays like it's an eternity. 
And then, mm-hmm. and then, like the big battle happens, he wins. He just fucking like elbows the guy off his horse, and that's the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and then we get this like really long, prolonged courting scene of Prince Princess Catherine that just goes yep. on and on. Get and on. Gets a little aggressive too near the end. Yeah, he's I, like, "Come on, baby, give me a little smooch." He's very shouty, very shouty. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. So, um, the the so the, this for this movie being a Technicolor film, uh, it doesn't look uh-huh. impressive at all. Like I'm not sure if it's like the restoration of this is like really not not great, but I thought this movie looked pretty crappy, like for the most part, like compared to other stuff that I've seen from this era. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe uh, because this was filmed during World War II, uh, they had to cut costs. They had to like uh, ration out uh, film production stuff, and so maybe, maybe, and maybe that's why this movie. I don't know. It's not like the, it's not like the costuming. It's just like the actual colors of this just look like not good at all. Mm. Um, and I don't know. Uh, I'm not whole. I'm not into the whole iambic pentameter. Do you remember iambic pentameter, RJ, oh. from your English classes? I remember that uh, from uh, the old drama classes in junior high. Yeah, you Our drama do. teacher uh, taught us some Shakespeare and uh, his whole jazz. Mm-hmm. So I, I remember, friend. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So um, that's about all I've got to say about this movie. Um, did you know, RJ, that Winston Churchill instructed Olivier to fashion the film as a morale-boosting propaganda for British troops fighting World War II? Yeah, I knew that. But you know what I think? I think that's horseshit. I think that's just some way that they can explain why pe- people should give a fuck about this old, like horrible, boring movie. It's like after the fact, they're like, yeah, Churchill was like, like do this. It's like... I doubt it. I bet Churchill watched this movie and was like, this movie fucking sucks. The making and release of the film coincided with the Allied invasion of Normandy and push into France? Hmm? Well, it's because all the English were trying to get away from this fucking horrible movie. That's why they took off to Normandy. I I can't believe that uh, the the country that made this movie won the war. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's surprising, too. Um, Well, I just have to say I am really glad that uh, you got yours this week with all your hot talk uh, about uh, being in your house and you're the Shakespeare man and you're watching fine art again. Uh, this movie sucks. Uh, but I am happy that you agree and you didn't try to like... Yeah, Not that you would, but be like, oh yeah, this movie's got some merit. <laughs> this movie sucks. No, this movie sucks. I, um, I didn't like... So, um, yeah, go continue. Oh, I was going to say if people want to know uh my first impression of this movie i put it out on the <laughs> creeps instagram uh it was blowing up everyone thought it was a really hot take uh, my first note was just basically who the fuck cares uh, i was like 40 minutes in and that was the first thing i wrote down because it's like what you were saying it's it's so fucking hard to like get into this um because like i don't think i'm a big dumb dumb i think i got some stuff in my back pocket i can watch these movies these uh period piece movies and i i have read some shakespeare so like i kind of know his dialogue and like yeah that old english i do know it a bit mm-hmm. but i just found this movie so fucking hard to follow yeah um it's so boring there's yep. a scene in the fucking theater which i also thought was cool i was like oh it's a theater that's kind of interesting but then there's there's a scene where it's basically like there's a laugh track in the movie and it's like oh that's weird and then 
there's one scene where there's three dudes and they're talking at the set away from the audience and you can't even hear them. And it was just like, I don't know if this is like a super clever, like depiction of what it's like to see actors in the theater or if it's just really fucking lazy and they like didn't have the audio for like the guys talking away from the camera. So I thought that was pretty weird. Um, there is uh, a scene where a guy in a big suit of armor gets lowered onto a horse. That's kind of <laughs> cool. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I did think that was cool. There's also a scene where a guy's playing with a ball and cup, like a, a ball on a string in a cup. I did think that was cool. So I'm giving credit where credit is due. Uh, there's a scene where a guy says turkey cocks. And uh, another guy's like, you're a turkey cock. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then at the end of the movie, a, do- a guy goes into a barn and steals a pig. And I was just like, what the fuck is this movie about? Like like you were, you were saying with the synopsis or the plot, honestly, when the movie ended, I was like, I don't even know what really happened. Mm-hmm. This guy got pissed off, so he invaded France. That's it. Yep. That's the whole story. Yeah, and he took France, and then they like apparently there's like I was reading weird notes. I, I've never read this play. Um, yeah, there was a period of time where I was like super into like or wanted to get into Shakespeare, and I had you these nerd. like I had these plans of like reading all the historical stuff because I'm like, yeah, I love fucking love like English history. Like it's like super uh-huh. fascinating, and uh, I think I was like after like, reading like Game of Thrones and like oh, I want to read the real dork. the real history, the War of the Roses. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I didn't, uh, cause life exists and right. I don't have time to read that. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be an English man. Um, right. but yeah, I don't know. Like this, it's the telling of this movie. Like it's, it's awful. Mm-hmm. Like Lawrence Olivier, I'm not sure if this was his, hmm. Let me look that up right now, folks. Was this Lawrence <laughs> Olivier's first film? Oh, Hey RJ, did you know this yeah. movie was nominated for best actor? For Lawrence Fuck Olivier, you. best score for by William Walton, baby. best art direction, uh, and best picture. It was nominated nah. for, and fucking Olivier, he because he didn't win any of those things, he got an Academy Honorary Award for his quote, his outstanding achievement as actor, producer, and director in bringing Henry V to the screen. Unquote. He got mm. like special recognition because of this movie, and. Uh, uh, another little nope. F- nope. Uh, Olivier's Henry V is widely considered the first Shakespeare film to be both artistically and commercially successful, which I suppose is why it's included in the Criterion Collection. Um, and there's like, apparently this movie does have its fans. Uh, they're just not on Letterboxd, as this movie, not unlike Summertime, RJ, has mm-hmm. no fans at all on Letterboxd. Hey, at least Summertime's a real fucking movie. Yes, and it, you can, like, it, it actually, I know you I, I, like well, you know what though, like, you I, I, it, right? I can, well, the thing is though, like, I could think of like, I could, I know what that movie looks like in my mind's eye. It has like a visual yeah. identity because it's, it's, that's one thing I could say about the movie. I just didn't care about the story, but I remember it looked really good. Yeah. This though, fuck, the direction of this is like, what a mush, mushy movie. It's like, the, it's the stereotype of like shitty old movies that people have. People, mm-hmm. if people think of like, here's a period piece from 1944, and people go, this yeah. is what they would imagine, I think, when they're like, I don't mm-hmm. want to watch that. And it's like, well, for good reason, because this movie, ugh. But hey, no. Pauline Kael yeah. called this movie, quote, a triumph of color, music, spectacle, and soaring heroic poetry. They're full of shit. They're uh, t- and they're totally full of shit. Nobody would think that. <laughs> 
Nobody would think that. Even like some pretentious fuck who's like, oh, it's amazing triumph of cinema in the 1944. Like nobody <laughs> would think that. It's because when did uh, Beauty and the Beast come out? Uh, 46? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. And that, that movie's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. That movie's amazing. And this movie is total fucking garbage. <laughs> and there's movies that came out even okay. like 20, 20 years before that that were better than this. See, okay. I wouldn't let's see. I wouldn't say it's like absolute garbage. I would say it's just yeah. like it's just so boring. It's just it's boring. It's, it's so boring. It's like it's this movie's not trying to like do anything like to like win me over to uh yeah. I don't know. Uh, RJ I, I know. I, I didn't like this at all and I can't believe that like I'm fucking glad you did. It, it it made me like question everything. <laughs> so, well, so, that's uh, why I started watching like Fucking comedies all day. Nacho like, Libre. Watching Popstar. <laughs> like, I was like, I got to watch something like, just like, like something else than this. Cause th- this is well, b- bonded me out. Yeah, no, seriously. Yeah. So I'm looking, I'm looking over like the movies that like were from this era, from the forties that we've watched for the Criterion Creep. Citizen Kane came out in 1941. <laughs> and like, you know, yeah. it's like one of the, the greatest films ever made. And it's just like, sure. just like total like achievement of like everything technical. Uh, 1946 sure. Beauty and the Beast, just stunning, um, like a uh, movie about like, I don't know, just a depiction of like the imagination and like movement and great performances. So memorable, Uh, great expectations, which like, I don't know. Like I didn't like, like a whole lot, but I'd, it's like Mm -hmm. a movie. It it felt like I I was in, I was like, I could follow along with it. And then like Oliver Twist, which like to my preference, like I think that movie is like really amazing. And like, it's a movie. Like it actually like, Operates yeah. is like a, a dramatically, um, and then like yeah, exactly. Henry the Fifth is just like inert, like it just like assumes so much that like you really know this stuff, and it's just not a good, it's not a good movie. Like it just doesn't tell the story well. It doesn't tell in a uh, dramatic way. And okay, I mm-hmm. I intended to watch Kenneth Braun as Henry the Fifth. Uh, from 1989, just because like I was like I was planning, you know, I always try to watch like the uh, the companion movies to these. Yeah. But exactly. after this, it just gutted me. It, I didn't want to watch anything after this thing. I didn't want to like think about this movie anymore. I didn't want to be bummed out yeah. by another like incomprehensible movie. And who knows? I will eventually watch that movie. Um, because I've heard it's really good. But yep. I mean, I you... thought that Henry V in the Criterion Collection would have been pretty good as well, but. Here uh-huh. we are. Here we fucking are. <laughs> yeah, here we are. We all look like fucking idiots for buying into this Criterion thing. It's like I say, this is a good experiment for you and me because I always just trusted that movies in the Criterion were good. But now I know, you know, a lot of those movies aren't good. I don't know why they're fucking there. <laughs> and this is a prime example of that. It's just like movies like Walkabout and fucking sit and nancy it's like why is this even in the fucking criterion i don't get it <laughs> because of circumstance at the time it came out who, who gives a shit time right times change i guess things i'm gonna change your time how does that sound <laughs> the, the 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 real question rj is how does how does henry v stack up with salo I don't know. They were both pretty fucking painful to watch. I'd probably put them on par. Hmm. No, I, Henry V is better than Salo. What? <laughs> Go. Well, you're not going to... It It doesn't matter, Jerry. If you compare anything to Salo or Walkabout, I'm just going to say it's better than either of those two fucking movies because I hate those. So, 
bad example, but no, this is actually this is going to be pretty low on the uh, the old Criterion list for me. The ranked um, list, which I mean, people probably would have expected because uh, I ranked Armageddon at like the halfway point, and everyone's like, "Who's this fucking asshole?" But uh, people, I, I bet people would have expected me not to like this boring ass movie. But uh, I'm glad you didn't like it either, because it's not just me. It's not just it's not you. just me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So nice. I'm glad you didn't like it either. <laughs> I don't know. How about those haircuts, though? Those old oh, this sweet bowl cuts. Yeah. Yeah, the sweetest bowl cuts. I did like that. Um, I don't know. There's some stuff that's all right, but on the whole, ninety percent of this movie is just so boring. I started watching it last night, Jarrett, and I fucking fell asleep halfway through. <laughs> I fell asleep. That's never happened before in a Criterion movie. So this this movie has the rare honor of being the only movie I've actually fallen asleep in. So there you go. See, I'm 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 mostly just bummed that this movie's not going to unseat Salo as the the bottom movie. That's 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 not right. It's going to take quite a bit to unseat Salo for me. Hmm. So I don't know. Maybe when we get to your buddy John Waters movies, <laughs> I actually I might like those. I don't know. Is there anything grosser than Salo? Probably not. Well, there's stuff that's grosser. They're, they're, they're not in the Criterion Collection, I don't think, though. Um, exactly. Because it's gross, so why would it be? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, RJ, uh, tell us more about your uh, experience with Shakespeare in your life. Uh, I took drama in grade 7, 8, 9. Yeah. And uh, I was a drama kid. Not really a drama kid. But uh, I like I liked being goofy because mm-hmm. I was like the chunkier kid, and I was like, Wah! so you had to like compensate somehow. So I was uh, a little wacky, a little goofy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, our drama teacher uh, made us do Shakespeare sometimes. Huh. So I learned all about the Globe and the Thames, <laughs> and uh, you know the Shrek and the the Pan and all that stuff. So the Pan. Much fun. I don't know, man. Shakespeare's Shakespeare. Bill Shakespeare? Yep. He's all right. Like, um, I don't know. That uh, Romeo and Juliet with John Leguizamo, that's pretty nice. <laughs> that's what everyone remembers him for, right? Uh, yeah, I forgot he was in that movie. I, I, forgot, about, I forgot entirely about that movie. Well, you're going to watch it soon, baby. No. Uh, but no, I like Macbeth and Hamlet. Um, I like a lot of Shakespeare stories. I mean... And all the other world does. Like, isn't uh, the Lion King just Macbeth? Or Hamlet. Lion King is Hamlet. Same with that hit show, Sons of Anarchy. That's Hamlet, too. Everything's you just, Hamlet. Yeah, everything's Hamlet. Or, or or these other Shakespeare stories. You just put it into a different genre with different things. But I like Shakespeare. But uh, this Henry V, fuck no. I don't know. Maybe if I saw it in a different form, it'd be okay. This Lawrence Olivier guy is full of shit. Yeah, I, I it's hope, like that John Denver. I I hope he gets better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too, man. I do. Uh, yeah, as a first outing, like, I I just like I have nothing to say about this movie. Like, I don't Neither, know. That's fine, I, man. Neither I, do I. I, I, I couldn't be arsed to like find out more. I could look up Lawrence Olivier and his life and times, but. Hey, man, I think boy. people will appreciate that we're we're cutting it straight with them. All right, mm-hmm. this movie stinks. Don't even bother watching it unless you want to be a completionist and you're 
you're trying to do the whatever we're doing this watching movies thing yeah this is this is definitely a uh, a void okay so okay it is his, it was his first film he only made okay. he only made five uh let's just take a look here so Hamlet uh that'll be next up for us uh that's a while away from here and you'll get to watch Mel Gibson's Hamlet at that time so I I it's already queued up baby I was gonna watch it this week but uh I'm glad I didn't because this episode would have been tainted tainted uh and so Hamlet's made four years later um and I've already I've seen it's in black and white and I've seen some still photography and it looks uh, a lot more interesting and then Richard the third um, that's about like fascism, I guess. <laughs> and he, he has to play, oh. he has to play a real creep. Um, and then we could even watch the, uh, who is it? Um, uh, Ian McKellen. He plays Richard the third in a like world war two updating of it where he's a Nazi. Mm-hmm. That's a good time. I'm going to watch him in apt pupil instead. Cause oh. he's a Nazi in that yeah. also. Yeah. So yeah, Lawrence Olivier yeah. has only directed five movies. This is number it's one. Too many. And, uh, yeah, it's just, yeah. Stagey. Uh, looks, I don't know. Doesn't move anyone in through the action. Um, mm-hmm. doesn't even try to like welcome the viewer into it. I don't know. No, I th- I think that's the perfect uh cut for uh like the tag for this episode. It doesn't even try. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Lawrence Olivier. Yeah. I'm glad. I no, wish that's you- fine, man. We don't. <laughs> I was gonna say we don't got to pad an episode. This movie stinks. No, no. Fuck no. It. Yeah. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck but- it. But hey, RJ, so what, yeah. do you, what do you want to hear? Do you want to hear who hated this movie or who loves this movie? I would say give me the pretentious assholes who think they love this movie, even though they're just, they're dinks. Highest. Like, well, actually, I don't know. Do okay. one of each, maybe. How okay. about that? Sounds good to me, because I did yeah. that. Uh, Chris gave this movie one star, and he says, if you like boring movies, you'll love this one. <laughs> oh, awesome. There I like go. that review. Uh yep. Joe Gola gave this four and a half stars and just said, great acting and great filmmaking. Doesn't get much more legit than this. Oh, I beg to differ. I bet that motherfucker ain't even seen Shrek 2. That's legit. (laughs) I don't know why Uh, I'm talking about Shrek so much. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) Five stars from Glorbis. Rarely have I seen a film that crafted such a unique and magical world where actors would seem to be moving within a painting, stepping in and out of one artifice and into another. The effects are both two- and three-dimensional and straddle the line between stage and cinema, blurring the lines between the two. The film opens with a breathtaking shot of London in the time of Shakespeare, panning slowly until eventually the camera descends into the open ceiling of the famous Rose Theatre. I know the techniques that would have been used and combined, but I honestly cannot tell how they were combined to create this magnificent opening. Through the stage performance, which is chock full of period detail uh, and creates the stage experience, while also making it about how a play would have been mounted in 1600, we fall again through another window into the cinematic telling of the Battle of Agincourt. I cannot stress how amazing this film looks or how flawlessly it draws you into a nesting doll-like structure that travels through time. The performances are amazing. Olivier acting the hell out of the title character and giving the rousing and quotable speeches as if they've never been delivered before and combining every available trick of visual effects available to him at the time. This would have been made in 1943 and 44 with the war raging and yet the film is rich and magnificent spectacle that still holds astounding power to this day i want this film on blu-ray it is a masterpiece fuck 
that person. I'm going to step in and out of their artifices. Is that what they said? Uh, yeah. Jesus Christ. What an asshole, man. Uh, a, I honestly, I'm sorry. If, if someone listens to this show and they like that movie, I'm sorry. But I really don't get it. I feel like all these people who are t- like claiming that it's this masterpiece, they're just full of it. You're full of it. You're fucking full of it. And did he say the Rose? Isn't that one of the other theaters? Because there was there was three, right? There was the Globe, and then there was two others. Something like that. Well, I don't know if I missed something, but I I was under the impression it was the Globe. So I don't know why this guy's bringing up the Rose. So Mm -hmm. what an asshole. Uh, Flickers in Time gave this four and a half stars. Laurence Olivier's debut as a director made Shakespeare as stirring and accessible as it would have been on stage and threw in some very innovative cinema to boot. Oh, sure. I'm sure that's what it was like. So our buddy uh, Glorbus that you you were telling me to stop reading, uh, his favorite films are Raiders of the Lost Ark, Seven Samurai, Sorcerer, and uh, Black Narcissus. Hmm. I don't. I don't buy it. No. I think those are. I think those are planted picks. They're not his real favorite movies. <laughs> I, I bet. I bet his real favorite movies are Fight Club, uh, Scarface, uh, The Fifth Element, and uh, <laughs> I don't know Shrek Three. There you go. Bringing it all together. Yeah. Um, from Garrett Oppenheim, who gave this two stars. Gets two stars because the first 20 to 30 minutes set in an authentic-ish Elizabethan playhouse is really cool, but the rest of it is almost unwatchable. I do not understand how Laurence Olivier became one of the most well-respected actors of his generation. The man was a terrible actor. I mean, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that. Um, like, I don't know. He Wait, just... was he Henry? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was fine. Yeah, like I, I wouldn't like. I have no like his him as an actor. I, I don't even. That wasn't the problem with this movie. I think it's just like it's him as a director that's like the problem. It just like it's inert. Yeah. There's nothing to like get behind in this thing. Yeah, exactly. It's just it, you're from the moment it starts, you're, you're fucking bored and you, you can't understand it. And there's nothing that pulls you into it. And yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe it's just lost in time. But I mean, all the other Shakespeare stuff holds up pretty well. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's just this interpretation. It's just, yeah, I, I, think it's, I think it's, yeah, I think it was, it's a, it's a bad one. Yep. Well, there you have it. There you it go, folks. A, it's a bad one. I think this is the, I don't know. This is like the first dud, I think for me, like where I'm just like, for you. Yeah. Well, I've had some duds so far. Yeah. This is mine though. I don't know. Not, like, even like summertime, I was like, I think this was like the, I think the, like up to this point, like summertime and urban getting. They're both like, I mean, but you know, so this, so I didn't get to go back on this yet. Okay. So Armageddon, uh, Armageddon's like shit, but it is entertaining shit. And like, I wrote like two pages of notes, three pages of notes, just watching that movie. Cause it's just like endlessly like moving and just, there's so much to make fun of. Mm -hmm. But this movie, I squeezed out about six, seven lines and, uh, I I just, I just, it was a chore. Yeah. It was a chore to watch. Like really unpleasant. Uh, Do not recommend. <laughs> yeah. Just bad movies, man. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'm going to, once you're a middle-aged woman and you're looking for something else, I think you're going to appreciate summertime a little bit more. Yeah. Maybe. Summertime's way better than fucking uh, Sid and Nancy and Picnic at Ain and Rock. Um, 
I don't know. I, I mean, I would say that like I doesn't matter. I, I really the, 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 the hey, uh, Sid and Nancy was shot by our boy. Yeah, I know Big Deeks is on there, Big but Deeks you can is hardly... on there, and it looks great. Yeah. The movie's got some it, pretty memorable imagery. Um, it does look good. It looks really good. I mean, it's just kind of yeah. like it's really long. It, that's like the biggest thing with that movie. It hasn't yeah. aged, it ha- and it hasn't aged well. And I don't know. It's like it's yeah. not. I don't know. Uh, what's the other one that you mentioned there? Oh, Picnic and Hang Rock. Picnic. Um, it's like again that movie's like really nice to look at. It's just kind of like mm-hmm. it loses its way. Whereas like, but I was like super. I was more disappointed by how it just like doesn't go anywhere after like the first like opening bit. That's really strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie just like, it never like engaged me once. Like it's just like it was boring basically from start to finish. And uh, I don't know. I think like to for modern sensibilities, uh, this movie's like pretty well the opposite of that. And uh, you have to like, mm-hmm. I don't know, you have to like have like a modern hand to like communicate that stuff and get those lines like close ups and like people like looking at the camera. I don't know. Just like there's like other there's things that like people figured out um, right. that I think worked really well uh, later on. But here, not so much. But I don't know. Uh, we won't really have a choice. We'll have to give uh, Lawrence Olivier a try one day down the road. And hopefully, and so- I and I really hope that it's better than this. I'm going to get so drunk on spaghetti for that episode <laughs> that I won't even notice what I'm doing. That's my hot take on Lawrence right. Olivier. Well, folks, that's it for this episode. Uh, <laughs> join us after the break as we hope for a brighter future. Isn't that a plot of Armageddon? I'm Henry the Eighth, I am. Henry the Eighth, I am, I am. I got married to the widow next. Second verse, same as the first. I'm Henry the Eighth, I am. Henry the Eighth, I am, I am. I got married to the widow next door. She's been married seven times before, and everyone was an Henry. She wouldn't have a Willie or a Sam. I'm a eighth old man, I'm Henry. RJ, for a movie that neither of us liked, we still managed to talk a whole lot about it. Well, we're, we, we're getting good at this podcasting business. I was going to say, we're dedicated to the craft. We're like all the other bullshit podcasts where you just just talk about whatever. Do funny voices. Hey, folks, if you uh, if you love what you're hearing, you can email us and tell us about it at craigtierincreeves at gmail.com. We've got a Facebook mm-hmm. page. It's just hot fire. We're on Instagram, too. Yep. That's real intense hot fire. We're on Letterboxd. Oh, yeah. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. We're on SoundCloud, Criterion Creeps. Uh, Stitcher, iTunes, follow, listen, rate, all that good times. And next week, will the show ever recover? Well, we're on some sort of path starting next week as we delve into a television show. We're watching spine number 42 in the Criterion Collection, John Lurie's Fishing with John from 1991, starring such dudes as Willem Dafoe, Dennis Hopper, Jim Jarmusch, and Tom Waits. What the fuck is this show? I've never heard of this. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's exactly what it sounds like. Um, 
Okay. It's got, it's got to be better than fucking Henry V. Uh, I've only seen like a little bit of it. Uh, we're gonna, I don't know what to, what to hey, expect. Is it? Is that what the, the original concept for uh, Gone Fishing was with Joe Pesci and uh, Danny Glover? That's uh, a remake, right? It, well, I haven't seen that either, so maybe... You've never seen Gone Fishing? No. Uh, my friend Corey... What are you fucking nuts? He, like, many years ago, he had a dream. He had an actual dream where uh, he, like, was looking in a store and he found a three-disc, uh, like, limited edition Criterion Blu-ray of Gone Fishing. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Brought it all together. Okay, well, so, so, so next, next well, well, no, uh, well, we got to watch UH. You have to watch UHF. I got to watch Spawn. Yeah. Uh, now we both have to watch this six-episode uh, series and Gone Fishing. Is, is each episode twenty minutes? Uh, I think they're like half hour. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, just gotta break fine. it up a little. Good night, okay. folks. See you next week. All right. See ya.